Welcome back, listeners. As People of Product has grown, we've continued to talk with many of you, innovators, creatives, leaders, and practitioners in the world of quote unquote product. But after almost 100 episodes, we realized that after talking to many of you, one of the biggest challenges was getting back to the basics of product work. Digital products and services are taking all different shapes and sizes as the world grows so quickly from artificial intelligence to blockchain, metaverse, and more. But the core reality is still true. The best products and experiences are built by creative people working together to explore possibilities and new futures and ultimately build them. But let's reset for a second and answer a fundamental question. What is a digital product? Hey, Dan. Hey, George. What would you say a digital product is? Hmm. I feel like you could answer that a lot of different ways. Mm. I got an idea. Let's see what Google has to say. The Googles. What is a digital product? Let's just see. All right. So what is the meaning of a digital product? A digital product. Oh my gosh! There's a lot of re- a lot of people have <laughs> a lot, a lot of, of opinions. A lot yeah, of a digital product is any product you sell online that doesn't have a physical form or substance. Another, in simple terms, a digital product is one that exists only in digital form. Some people might also describe it as a product lacking a physical form that you don't necessarily see. A digital product is a software-enabled product. Oh, That's interesting. Uh, sounds a little Interesting. Right? An intangible asset. Okay, let's get a little. Some business lingo in there. Intangible asset or a piece of media that can be sold and distributed repeatedly. Okay. So I think what we can gather from there, which I think where you and I might go, is that it's a non-physical product. So it's getting very philosophical very fast. Exactly. Exactly. It's non-physical. Like physics don't have a say on this. Okay. Um, So it's different than say like e-commerce where you go on and you can buy a book. Yep. Or because that is a physical product you'd be purchasing. Right. right. So it, I guess a good way to think of it, um, is it's limitless inventory. Mm. So it's an asset. It is a product that you would use. So, you know, in, in our world, it could be fonts. Mm-hmm. It, um, it could be courses. Yep. Um, maybe video tutorials. So it's long lasting. You don't have to replenish it on the seller side. And, it, and it, yeah, it's a digital good. Um, I like how they said it. it's an intangible asset. So it's not tangible, but it is actually used for a purpose. Yeah. And so we've seen lots of coaches and influencers and yes. people like that selling what we're seeing now coming up as this term digital product because they're right. selling, selling, like you said, those courses and those, right. those fonts or that, that PDF. Yeah. Or that and think about how many conversations you've had where Someone's like, oh, I need to scale my my kind of physical business. It's yeah. like, oh, could you put that online? Right. Or could you do a video course? Right. You know, think of maybe someone who, um, like, their whole business is billable. So maybe like a counselor mm-hmm. or something. You know, they make money by seeing someone. But is there a way you could put some of that information? Maybe it's self help out on like a tutorial or right. a course or a video or something to that extent. Yeah, and you, you can, can sell it through subscription or through act, a one time cost. Exactly okay. right. But that's all good. Right. That makes it a little confusing. Sure. Because what do we mean? What is this this podcast about? What do we mean by digital product? 
I'm so glad you asked, George. Yeah, I'm glad I did too. Because <laughs> actually, what we've taken some time to um, ask some individuals that are in this sphere, our space, um, that same question. Mm-hmm. And here's what they had to say. I think at the like basic level of what a digital product is, I think it could be defined as leveraging technology that enables a user to complete a task that they need or would like to do. That was Andrea Hewitt. She does product at a company called Oddball. Mm. What's really cool about Andrea is that she's working on really interesting products like VA.gov. And she goes on to say, I think defining a product without mentioning the user is probably a disservice to your company, your users, and your development team. So I always like to throw that in there. Um, But at a basic level, I think a digital product, right, it covers a myriad of things. It covers large platforms that are running big EHRs. It encompasses small little apps that you're building for one business. But at the end of the day, what each of them intends to do is enable a user to do what they need to do. If you caught what she said there, it was really interesting. Uh, I heard, I think, twice is the word enabling. And so she initially said leveraging technology to allow or enable users Mm -hmm. to accomplish a task or whatever they need to do. And then and then she had that list of it could be platform. um, It could be a mobile app or whatever that looks like. But at the end, and she brought it back to the user. It has to enable them to do something. Yeah. And I think that that's. That's something that we really want to focus in on as we get back to the basics of what is a digital product and yeah. how do you get digital products started is that this is about right. serving a purpose. Right. It has to be serving a human mm-hmm. to help them do a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there's another article on Medium from Jules uh, Earhart that says that a digital product is a software-enabled product, enabled is that word again, mm-hmm or service that offers some form of utility to a human being. And I think that they're, mm-hmm. they're both saying the same thing, right? Which is how do we make a thing right. that does a thing to help people out? Right, right, um, exactly and right. technology is the key, key way that that's happening. Yeah, and so uh, as a business, we're looking to help other businesses do their work better, which at the end of the day, a business is a group of people. Yep. And they're selling products and services to another body of people. Um, and so as we think about, again, a digital product, it's, and this thought just occurred to me, if, if we go back to kind of that definition, we, we were Googling of it's an intangible asset. It's kind of endless inventory. Mm -hmm. It's like, wow, what a great opportunity to be able to serve a whole bunch of people endlessly value 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 over and over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that the hard part is, is that it, they are different, right? One mm-hmm. is a, a thing that you're selling because it's a, it's kind of created once, sold many times. Right. And that can happen if you think about a SaaS platform being a digital product where you're allowing mm-hmm. people to have multiple access to that that system or that, that solution. Right. Uh, but a lot of the digital products we build are, you know, pieces of software that internal teams use. Um, right. So like business solutions for employees. Right. And a lot of that's helping them either reduce costs, mm-hmm. um, increase efficiency, mm-hmm. uh, maybe increase revenue if they can do that with less people faster. Right. Um, and that's, that's something that we see digital products are a spectrum, mm-hmm. which is, which is then hard to kind of land where I'm curious. And this is, um, something that we get a lot of debate on where where are the the things hmm, I'm trying I want to figure out how to say this 
where's the front, where's the edges of that? So like, is a website, a digital product? Oh, interesting. Or an e-commerce site or a, a digital experience, mm -hmm. you know, like is, is the metaverse going to be technically a digital product? Right. Um, they all do exactly by that definition, that thing, which is maybe communicating what a business does. It's enabling mm -hmm. a person to learn about that business. It's enabling them to complete the task of knowing how to get in touch with that business. Right. It's enabling them to learn about a new product or service that company's offering. Right. These are all digital experiences, yep. but they could probably, in my opinion, be put under that digital product bucket in some way, shape or form. Uh, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Because uh, think of how many times digital products are integrated into the service or experience you're going to see. So for example, like in really um, interactive museums, mm. you would say like, well, the business is the museum, but think of how enabled that museum is by yeah. the, you know, if you're walking through kiosks or experiences, you know, you're touching touch screens or you're walking in and they observe your movement and they change things based off of, that's a digital product that's right. integrated to, with some hardware, but enables what this awesome experience in a museum. And so that itself is a digital product. It's not maybe what you're buying, right. so to speak, right. but it is a digital it's product. It's enabling that experience. 100%. Yeah. So there's lots of different types of digital products, everything from, like we said, business applications, mobile apps. I think she listed a bunch of these. Um, I mm -hmm. mean, I've got an Apple watch on. It's, it's a series of digital products sitting on top of this. Mm -hmm. um, you mentioned kiosks. Um, IoT is another big one. We're seeing this edge computing oh, yeah. as being a big piece of how do we see. I heard a podcast recently that was talking about smart um, smart uh, knobs on ovens so that you can make sure that the oven was turned off. And that's oh, yeah. enabled by a digital product, a little mobile app that makes sure that it works. Right. And so you're enabling that person to do a thing. Right. Um, and of course, then we're getting into kind of the fringes of things like blockchain, metaverse, right. uh, robotics, et right. cetera. So I think that we really think about all those things, those digital experiences, usually driven by software yep. being what we mean by when we, when we're for the rest of the episodes going forward, that's right. what we're going to be referring to when we say digital product. Right. It, Cause it can be, it can't, like you mentioned earlier, it can be two things. It can be the thing you're purchasing yeah. or it can be the thing that enables you to do whatever else you're doing. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we already touched on a little bit, but why should they be created? Why should anyone build a digital product? Hmm. You know, I, and that's what I think I love about the space we're in is when any client walks through the door, you know, a consistent thing is I know I need to, as um, Andrea mentioned, start to leverage technology. So that's pretty baseline. It's like, I want to leverage technology to do X, Y, and Z at my mm -hmm. business, but the yeah. X, Y, and Z changes. It's right, different, you know, cause right. it can do multiple things and that's, what's fun. So uh, one thing is, um, oh, I need to scale production Yeah, and I need some level of a system, a platform that can integrate all the things I'm doing disparately right now, mm -hmm. which are not efficient. Mm -hmm. And so is there a way for me to integrate what I'm using into kind of like one platform to help scale production? And we've done that before. That's yeah. a common thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think other solutions are, you know, just trying to connect, connect individuals. Obviously mm -hmm. think that as social, social media platforms, right. Or right. digital products, but also, for sales or mm -hmm. for recruiting. I mean, we've built a bunch of different recruiting platforms yep. or people management. Um, how do you know when you have 250,000 employees, how do you know who works for you? 
you right. know, or what they can do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what are their capabilities? Right. Are we, do we have a whole untapped talent pool that we don't know about? Those right. are all ways that a digital product can, can help. And that connects into another aspect of a uh, way you can harness uh, digital products and technology is data. Yeah. There's so much data out there. And as business owners, leaders, really anyone, you want to have the most accurate data. And a lot of times the data exists. It's like, but what do we do with it? Yeah. How do we visualize it? And so building platforms, dashboards that can help you visualize data in a meaningful way to make business decisions yep. is huge. And then you add in, in things like machine learning or artificial intelligence, right. it gets really interesting. Real fast. Awesome. <laughs> so last question as we kind of start wrapping up, who, who creates digital products? Everyone. Everyone. I mean, I think, you know how it used to, people used to say, Every, every business has to have a website. You know, this yeah, is like, right. you know, this is the, the two, 2000 or what, 1990s, 2000. Every business will have a website. Right. If you don't have it, you need to have one. Yeah, yeah right. exactly. And I think, I think what we're going to see is that every company will have to be creating their own digital products, either to serve their customer. Yep. So that might be in like a SaaS tool or a, a portal of some sort. Portal seems like an old term, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah, I totally. <laughs> um, or, um, or an internal processing tool, right? Or an, an mm -hmm. internal um, um, facilitation tool. Right. Um, every company is going to create them. Now, there are lots to, that you can buy. You can license. You right. can, you know, we, we run our company off of a ton of different SaaS apps. Right. But in reality, I think we're going to see more and more companies going, I got to be ready to start writing some software. Yeah. Well, because companies have unique... Uh, common maybe problems, but unique ways in which they have to address them. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes it is, you know, like, like you mentioned, we use a lot of different SaaS apps, but there's times where it's like, we probably need to roll our own. Yeah. And you know, just that's fancy speak of like, we probably need to build our own customized yeah, right. way of doing this. And so like you mentioned, I don't know how you can not run a successful business these days with some level of a digital product doing a key part of your business. Well, and I think you're going to see more, just like websites had things like a CMS come in, content management systems start to mm -hmm. take over so that they could, more people could have access to easy, right. more easily creating a website for themselves without having to hire a developer. You're going to see more low code or no code solutions come into making more digital products. But also I think companies are just going to start hiring more engineers or mm -hmm. contracting people to, to do this on an ongoing basis. Right. And that, so as you think about more businesses, needing to not just wanting to but needing to the idea of like ROI comes mm -hmm, into that mm -hmm. and what is the ROI because it's not cheap you know you're putting a lot of time and investment into something that's going to make your business better and so it's like okay if I'm going to invest here I want to see that return and so our vice president of sales yeah um, Nate he has explored this very question has done a lot of work on it and had some really great words for it. So let's see what he had to say when talking about the ROI of software, I like to draw a triangle on a piece of paper. And at the top of the triangle, we'll put revenue gains. On the left side of the triangle are operational improvements. And on the right side of the triangle at the bottom is uh, intangible values. And I wanna break that out so you can think about these holistically. It's not one or the other. Um, it's usually a culmination of different factors uh, across these three things that create value. So when we talk about revenue gains, you could be talking about a competitive advantage that gives you a new uh, way of earning money over your client, net new revenue, winning more customer accounts, winning consumer preference uh, and evangelism, 
or increase customer lifetime value. Across operational improvements, this is so diverse, but increased understanding of customer needs, standardizing project workflow and deliverables, uh, decreasing the number of consulting hours per project, uh, delivering projects on time and on budget, rapid adaptation in minutes, all of these things have value that you can start putting a dollar amount next to. And then finally, intangible values, this is where it gets more complicated, is what is the value of a brand? You know, what would it mean if you were number three in your category and you moved to number two or number one? How do you put a value on that? Um, piece, things like peace of mind, like knowing that the product is going to deliver on time, it's not going to break, it's well tested, it's a good piece of software, uh, peace of mind has value. Um, awards and industry recognition are big in a lot of different industries, like cybersecurity, for example. Uh, awards and industry recognition are very important. So that's going to have a value. And then across all of these things, you need to analyze what you're doing and figure out what will the overall value uh, be of the software that we're building. So from a pure, just maybe accounting standpoint, mm -hmm. what we learn is that the cost of building digital products at a company level can be amortized over a period of time. Right. And right. that's a baseline. Yeah. And, and then, and then you just take that one step further that yes, software, it's expensive. Mm -hmm. It takes manpower. It takes, I mean, just like building a new building right. or, you know, uh, deploying a new location around the world or new manufacturing facility. All these things are true. Software is is a capital expense like that. Mm -hmm. But if you start to look for the, the gains that you're going to get from it, from efficiency or from increased opportunity or from mm -hmm. avoiding being disrupted by the next startup that's coming up behind you, right. these are all ways that you can start to measure. Are we getting more deals? Right. Are we doing things faster? Are right. we delivering our products with fewer errors? This is all going to be a way that you can measure the actual return on investment. And the analogy you gave was really good around just manufacturing. When people or companies invest in new facilities, what are they doing? They're expanding capacity right. to become have just greater capacity to build more, but also become more efficient. It's the same thing here. You know, you mentioned um, either reduce costs or because if you can shift more, maybe of your employees to focusing on revenue generating activities. Mm you know, increase, increase customer service, you're building capacity to hopefully put on more effective work that is less cost driven and more revenue driven. And that's going to be key when you start trying to sell the story of how you get started in your next digital product idea. Right. Okay. So we've, we've established that digital products are everywhere. They are being created by all types of companies to solve a wide variety of problems. And ultimately the ROI is the efficiency and scale of business. But what does it take to actually build a digital product? How do you even get started? Mm -hmm. And the exciting part is that's what we're going to be coming back to and talking about is we're going to be looking at getting back to the basics. What does it look like to start building a digital product? Who should be involved? What tools, processes? How do you approach it? All of the stuff that I know everyone's dying for us to answer. It's got to get practical. We, we're going to come back to it. Can't wait. This episode of People of Product was produced by Larissa McCarty with support from Julie Branson and Steph Inger. Our hosts are George Brooks and Daniel Linhart. People of Product is brought to you by Crema, a digital product agency. We believe that creativity, technology, and culture can help individuals and organizations thrive. Learn more at crema.us.